Amen, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is everybody excited in this room? Who's not excited this morning? I'm serious. Who feels like they need a second wind? Anybody ever been... Yeah, there you go, Jerry. Good. Has anybody ever been like running? I used to run a whole lot back when I was younger, but when you get into the 50s, your body kind of tells you you can't do what you did when you were in your 20s and 30s. But, I mean, I could run forever. Uh, you know, just I could just get lost running. I mean, running and just forget time and run miles and 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 be lost somewhere on roads. Uh, but one thing that would happen to me lots of time when I was running is I would, there would become a point where I felt like I just couldn't keep going. And it was like my, I mean, my chest, my, my side would hurt. I'd be cramping up. And, but there would be this breakthrough where I would get what they call a second wind. And once I got the second wind, it was like from there on out I could just go forever. Has anybody ever had that experience, second wind? Well, I believe this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do this morning. He wants to give people who need a second wind a second wind. Because I, that happened to me this week. I got this second wind from the Lord. And the thing was, is I didn't realize I needed it until I got it. You understand what I'm saying to you? Lots of times we don't know something until it happens to us. And, and you know, it's like going on vacation. You didn't know how tired you was until you went on vacation and realized, man, I need a rest. You know? So the Lord really, I just had this major breakthrough this week. And I want to just talk to you a little bit about that. And, and because I believe the Lord, we need a, for those in this room we, that need a second wind or want a second wind, we need one because of what God wants to do in the earth today. God, there, the Lord is, is moving today. This is the happiest week of my life almost. Uh, Friday night we were sitting around talking to some people and this is what people were saying. One person said, well, I'm going to take my daddy... My daddy lives in uh, Tampa, Florida. I'm going to get my daddy. I'm going to take him to the revival and see if the Lord will take him out of the wheelchair. And we started talking about the revival. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm hearing this word. There is a revival in America. God is beginning to bring a revival to America. And it started in the same place that the last revival started at, same city, Lakeland, Florida, in, in the early 90s. Uh, Rodney Howard Brown uh, started the revival that we've had, that the church has benefited to this day from what happened there in the early 90s. Uh, you know, it went, you know, went to Brownsville, went to Toronto, went all over the world. This move of God that really is continuing. Now God's bringing another wave and, and He's... And this is a little different, but it's the same thing. It's, it's God. And God is really wanting to prepare the body of Christ in America for uh, more revival. And just to be able to, to say, when you hear people talking about revival, just to hear it, I mean, <laughs> that thrills me. Because that's my dream, is to see God bring revival to, to our country and turn our nation around. Amen. I hope you all feel that way, because... That's one of my primary visions in my life is to be a part of a move of God that continues and just keep going after it. So thank you, Lord. We're just so thankful for what you're doing. It's like my son said, we're talking about that and talking about the opponent. There's always opponents to what God does. You know, and he said, well, just ask the guy who couldn't hear before he got there if that's a revival or not. If that's what people want to be opponents. You know, my son's pretty, pretty straight up. Anyways, Matthew 28, verse 10. 
This is what I want to say. is God has an appointment for every person in this room. Anybody... God has an appointment for you. There's something ahead of you, in front of you, that God wants you to know. He, he's, there's, a, there's a time where He... Did you know that word dis, disappointment, that word D-I-S, was the name of an underworld god in Greek mythology? Dis. And God wants to take the dis out of, a, out of appointment. Because there's a lot of people who get this disappointment on them. Has anybody understand what I'm saying to you? Disappointment. And God wants to take that word D-I-S off and of it and give you an appointment. This is one of the great uh, removals of the dis in the Bible. It's when Jesus was, was crucified and was dead. And then he appeared. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee, and there they will see me. Now, first thing the Lord wants to do is He wants to break off fear off in people. Okay? A lot of people have fear on their life. Fear, you know, afraid they're going to, you know, they have this feeling of abandonment. They don't feel accepted. They don't feel loved. And God wants to get that out of your heart. A lot of people feel like, a lot, there's people who are afraid they're going to miss God. And that's just ridiculous. That's not the Bible. We don't have to fear missing God because God is more committed to us than we are to Him. And so if you, if you have that kind of fear working in your life, you need to, you need to come to some terms with it. That's that wall of abandonment that's affecting you. Because when God moves, He wants everybody in it. He don't want to just you know, touch a few people. He wants to involve everybody in what He's doing in the earth. Now, that's the heart of the Father. Now, every father in this room knows when you want to take the family out to ice cream, you don't have to take special ones out and make everybody else set. There may be times when you take a person away just to yourself, a father would, just to deal with that person and maybe help that child. But when the family gets together, God wants the whole family together. And that's kind of hard. It's, I'm on this thing, man. You touch it. Anyway... That's the first thing. And then he says, that's the first thing that Jesus said to these women. Don't be afraid. Okay? And then the second thing he says, you go and take word to my brethren. Now notice he didn't say, take word to my disciples, take word to my apostles. He said, take word to my brothers. Now that's the secret right there to getting fear out of your life, is to understand that you are a son or a daughter. You're a child of God. You, and Jesus is your brother. And He considers you to be a brother or a sister. And that's really key if we're going to move into everything that God has for us and be able to maintain it long term, is understanding that, that we're sons and daughters, that we live in a household that belongs to the Father. And, uh, you know... He wants to give people... He, he says, go and take word. You know, do, do you get that? God wants to put this go thing in people. But you, and, and He wants to give you a word to take to people. That's what God's trying to do right now. He wants to find people that He can put a word in them to take somewhere, to take to wherever. And if you're just a, a abandoned feeling, lonely, messed up, a gripey, cynical Christian, you, you're not, that thing ain't going to take, the Word ain't going to take in you. Because that, God doesn't want to flow through that kind of thing. He doesn't want His Word 
tainted with cynicism and skepticism. He says, go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee. Now, that's where their appointment was, was with the Lord. He said, you've got to go to Galilee. I'm going to be there. I'm going to reveal myself to you there. So God really has his heart to reveal himself to people. And so that's what the appointment is all about, is, is for us to see the Lord. For him, there's a place where God wants to reveal himself to each one of us. Each one of us has that in our future. That's where he wants to take us. Are y'all excited about that? Or are y'all just bored? I, that's really what I'm going for, man. I see the Lord in front of me. The Lord's there. He wants to reveal himself to me. He's not trying to hold himself back. He wants to buy and I've got a Galilee place for you. Come. Come away here. You're going to see me. I'm going to reveal myself to you. All right, let's turn to Ruth 1, 14 through 18. I want to read this. This is powerful. This will help you. Um, the great thing, I hope everybody... Who was here last Sunday? Raise, Larry Randolph had a message that was, was the heart of God for people who really want to get into revival. If you really want revival, go and listen to his message. You can go to our website right now and get it for free. It's on there. It won't be on there much longer because they're going to take it off. But he was talking about burying your Stephen. Remember that? And he talked about Stephen, you know, died. They killed him. And y'all know the rest of the story. I'm not going to try to repeat his message. But that message is a very critical message for the church right now. Okay, it's very critical that we understand because Stephen would have never gotten to his or, or, or Philip would have never gotten to his next appointment, which was Samaria, if he would not have buried his Stephen and moved on. And he had an appointment for, for a revival in Samaria. That's where the Lord had called Philip. He got to the revival. He was there. And Philip was a wise guy because he knew he was there. Oh, I made my appointment. Then the Lord said, no, I got another appointment for you out in the middle of the desert and to the Ethiopian. That's what he did next. Because this man had an understanding, he had a revelation of having, making these appointments with God, meeting, the, meeting God in a special place. And that's how God wants us to be. He may bring you into something, and He may bring you into, into something else. I mean, but God is progressive, but you've got to be willing to put aside some things to get there. And that's really what the message was about, is bearing that thing, letting that thing go. And, and this is sort of a, a little bit of a takeoff on that. Um, and it says in Ruth, y'all remember Ruth, Ruth and Naomi. Naomi, you know, went out from, left Israel and went out to Moab to live because there was a famine in, in Israel. And she, her, her husband and her two sons left Israel. And her husband died. Uh, her two sons married women, Orpah and, and uh, Ruth. And both those boys died. So there she was, just left. It was just... Naomi and Orpah and Ruth and ever, all the men in their life had died. And they were just left there. And, and, Ruth, and Naomi was like, there's nothing left here for me anymore. I'm going to go back to, my, I'm going to go back home because I'm done. I'm, I'm done here. And, and so there was just going to be this parting of ways. Okay? There was a parting of ways. And, and they were just tore up about this thing. And that's what happens lots of times when there's a parting of ways. There's this weeping. It says, They lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Okay, now see, here's the, this, the difference between Orpah and Ruth. 
Orpha, nothing was wrong with Orpha. She was not a bad person. Okay? She wasn't bad and Ruth good, so to speak. But Ruth understood something and saw something that Orpah couldn't see. Ruth saw in Naomi, even though Naomi was a bare old woman, had lost everything. I mean, she was impoverished at that point in time. In fact, you know what she said when she got home? Don't call me Naomi no more, which means pleasant. Call me Mara, which means bitter, because I went out full and have come home empty. That's what she said. That was her state of mind. So, but Ruth was able to see beyond all that and saw that in Naomi, her future, her appointment with God, her, her destiny in God was tied up in that woman. You hear what I'm saying to you? It really is powerful. Sometimes our future and destiny in God it is tied up in something that doesn't look, it just looks like nothing. It doesn't look good on the outside. So uh, then she said, Behold, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. Now, on the natural level, that's what Ruth should have done. She should have went back to her family, went back to her country. That was natural decision-making. Okay? That's the natural thing you do. Well, just go back. You know, and you can find you somebody in the Moab boys. But Ruth says, Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. We've done this in weddings, you know. To, I like, I like. We need to put this back in. We haven't done it in a while. Next person gets married, we'll put it in there. Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord do to me, and worse, if anything but death parts you and me. That's a pretty powerful commitment right there. That's why I use it in weddings. You know, only let death separate a couple in the Lord. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she said, no more to her. I think what happens lots of times in our life, we have these relationships with people or situations or circumstances. And it comes a time when the Lord's saying, that's done. That's over with. And you have to be willing in your heart. Now listen, it may not be a physical separation. It may be more of an emotional or spiritual separation that you've got to do. But there's going to come a time in all of our lives when we're going to have to make a decision about where we're going. Just like Ruth had to make a decision. She made a solid decision in her heart because Ruth saw the future. She saw in this barren, bitter woman that her destiny was tied up in this woman. And she knew if I can stick with this woman, even though she don't have anything for me right now, one day that woman is going to lead me into what God has for me. He's going to, she's going to lead me into that future. And see, that was the sort of what, what I was getting when Larry was sharing last week. You can't have a relationship with something that's dead. You can't have a relationship with something that's dead. You can't have a relationship with a dead person. Can you imagine trying to have a relationship with a dead person? Well, people do it all the time, or dead situations. You know, the past is done. It's, you can't live better. You can't hold on to it. You can't grip what God did then, or that person. And I think one of the biggest things that I see, that I've seen in my life, that a lot of the visions 
and dreams that God has given me, they're always connected with people, other people somehow. Always. They're never independent of other people. And I've realized if I'm going to walk in what God has for me, somehow there's other people that's going to be, I've got to be connected with. And there are people that I don't need to be connected with. Because there's some people that will pull me away from what God has for me. And those, what you had to determine, who are those people that my destiny and my future, that God has for me, that place that God wants for me, who are those people that I'm supposed to be walking closely with? And it's really important to find that out. And it's really important. Uh, Amos 3.3, 3, everybody knows this. This is a wonderful verse in the Bible. It's been quoted millions of times. I thought I'd put it up there and just... It says, do, do two men walk together unless they have, have made an appointment? Another version says, unless they are in agreement. I think Becky was saying, everybody needs the gift of goodbye. Well, if you're going to be in the ministry, you better get that gift. I'm telling you that now. You better learn how to say goodbye to people. Because there's going to be a lot of goodbyes in your life. I find I'm not real good at that. So you can't be unequally yoked with people in your life. You just really can't. Because there's only really the Lord Jesus himself is the person you've got to be yoked with. But he will yoke you with other people and other situations and other circumstances. Let's look at Ruth 2, 1 through 3. Are y'all okay? Y'all sort of looking at me like, what in the world? <laughs> now Naomi had a kinsman. Now listen to this. Naomi had something that Orpah did not have. Okay? And that's what Ruth was seeing. She may not have seen it fully. And he was a man of what? Great wealth. Now think about it. That's what Ruth saw. She saw the vision of the Lord for her life. It wasn't a little thing. It was a man of great wealth. Okay? That man was Boaz, of course. Now Orpah didn't have that. As far as we know, we don't know anything about Orba. She's forgotten. She's not in Jesus' family line. He was a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, and this is after they got back home and got settled in, please let me go to the field and gleam among the ears of grain after one in whose sight I may find favor. Okay, and that's what poor people did in Israel. That's how there was a rule, a law that God made when they harvested the fields. He said, listen, you've got to leave a little bit of stuff out there for the poor so the poor could go and eat. That's how the poor in Israel lived is through the generosity of God and through the, you know, the farmers and stuff. that would, they, would glean, they would finish their fields and they would leave stuff out there for people that come and get and eat. Isn't that really wonderful how the Lord took care of the poor? So that's what Naomi and Ruth were. They were poor people, real poor. Has anybody ever been a poor person? Raise your hand if you've ever been a poor person. I mean really a poor person. I mean, if you've ever been a poor person, you know what I'm talking about. It's rough being a poor person. It's rough living your life and looking at other people having things and realizing that's not for me, that's for them, and, being, and accepting that in your life. That's a hard way to live. So she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she departed and went and gleamed in the field after the reapers, and she happened. Everybody say happened. You know what that word happened means? It means the appointment had begun. She happened to go in the field of Boaz, 
the man of great wealth. She just happened to go there. Now, that happened is not happenstance. It's God's divine direction in her life happening her into that place where He had for her. In other words, God was saying, listen, Ruth, I've not got just a cup of, of, of barley or grain, whatever it was. I think it was barley is what they had. I, that, there's something. You've got the whole barn. The, all the fields are yours. It's all yours. It, this, is what, this is the testimony I heard recently. This is what this, this person, I ain't going to tell you who it is, somebody in our church. This is what they said. Uh, they talking about their vision. See, my vision for my life was to get a guitar and a John Bay and go around and play in coffee shops. That was my vision. I married this guy, and you know what he said to me? I don't want anything to do with that. That's what he said to her. I don't want anything to do with your vision. I'm not going to do that in my life. And she said, this is what my vision was, the coffee shops and John Bay and guitar, and what God gave me was a sound studio and a record producer. You hear what I'm saying to you this morning? A lot of people have this little vision just to go out in the field somewhere and just get enough to survive where God's saying, that's not what I have for you. I got a lot more for you. You know, thank God for George back there. God didn't say, well, George, I want to heal you through chemotherapy. I mean, that would have been great because it's good when God uses chemotherapy to heal people. But it's a lot better when they just get healed and don't have to get sick to get healed. Amen? Amen. See, God's got something bigger for us. We're not going after what God has for us. We got that Oprah spirit on us. We just want, not Oprah. Don't get that spirit. That's a bad spirit. I've been telling Becky for years, Oprah's not good. I'm telling you, she's going to go bad on you. But nobody listened, but she did. She's bad now. Don't listen to her. Do not listen to Oprah Winfrey. She's an enemy of the cross. She really is. She's do- it's doctrines of demons. And I'm not against her. Lord bless her. We're praying that we're praying that T.D. Jakes would get a hold of her and talk to her. I'd, I'd like T.D. Jakes to get a hold of me and talk to me. <laughs> so the, the blessing that God had for them began at that moment. The moment she stepped in this field thinking that she was just going to be the poor girl and gleam some stuff. But what you've got to do, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to be willing not to kiss Naomi goodbye, but to kiss Orpah goodbye. And see, a lot of you, maybe not a lot of you, lots of people I know, and there's people in this room right now, you're hanging on to Orpah. And you need to, you need to let Orpah go. You need to be like Philip. Oh, I loved you, Stephen, but you're dead now. i got to move on. You're done, baby. I'm going on. God has an appointment for me. Amen? Now, let me shift gears just for a little bit here, okay? I, I wanted to say that just to tell you this. This is what happened to me. Okay, when, when uh, ran, uh, Larry was preaching that message, I was asking the Lord, Lord, do, uh, do I have any Stevens in my life? If, if I do, just bring something to my mind. Nothing came to my mind. I thought, well, I guess I don't. And when I was saying I guess I don't, I remember this conversation I had with Ken Helser or four years ago. I was walking down towards Ken Helser. Y'all know Ken Helser. I was walking to this path and I asked Ken Helser, we were just talking away, chit-chatting, and I asked him a question. And he got real quiet. He didn't say a word. I'm thinking, what the heck is his problem? <laughs> you know, I asked the guy a question, he don't even give me an answer. 
So we just walk on, you know, three or four or one minutes. He ain't saying nothing. I'm thinking, I'll oh, forget it then. You know, Ken Helson, you got problems, son. And we go on about our business. The next day, we're walking opposite way. Guess what happens? Ken Helson starts answering my question. I'm thinking, oh, out of the blue, he starts doing it. You know, it's like out of nowhere, he starts answering the question that I asked him 36 hours ago. I'm thinking, he's answering my question. It took him that long to answer me. And when I knew, when I was thinking that, the Lord was saying, Byron, you know how I am? When you ask me a question, I answer. I just do it when I'm ready. And that's how God answers questions. Lots of times He don't answer you right that moment. But He will answer your questions. If you sincerely ask God a question, you're going to get an answer from Him. It may not be right that moment. It may be a week later. It may be a month later. But there will come a day when He will answer you. I have found that to be true. Ken Helzer and God has that in common. <laughs> they have lots of things in common. So I'm thinking, well, the Lord's going to, the Lord's going to show me some stuff. He's going to speak to me. And, uh, you know, sure enough, He did. And I tell you, it was just terrible, really. And it had to do with relationships. And I was in a situation where I had a lot of hope for years. And basically, it was eating me alive at the moment I knew it because I realized everything I had... Well, I just can't go down this road with these people anymore because they're not going down the same road I feel like God's called me to go down. That, that's what I felt. And it, it, was, it wrenched me. It, it tore me up. And by 3 o'clock that day, I was, I was like, I'm fixing to be depressed. And I didn't know what was happening. And I said, Lord, what is wrong with me? Because I don't get depressed much. And he said, this is what he said to me. He said, you're at a funeral. You're at a funeral. You're having to bury something in your life. And I thought, oh, man. And that really got me tore up when I knew I was in a funeral. So, uh, you know, we came in here... Uh, you know, it was like, it was like telling Orpah goodbye. That's the way it felt. I mean, they were lifting up their voices, weeping. I was doing some serious weeping in my heart. Okay? And I, it was one of those things where I felt like the Lord said, you know, I'm not asking you to physically separate yourself from these people. But I am telling you this. You and them ain't going the same place spiritually. And you had to settle that. And you need to let them go where they go, and you need to go on where I've called you to go. Which means... You know, you need to have a little different view about this group of people you're, you're associated with. It ain't nobody in our church, by the way. It's just in case you're thinking, I'm thinking, y'all and me ain't going the same direction. <laughs> I mean, I know you might have been like, gosh, thank you, Lord. Get him out of here! <laughs> so either way, you may feel relieved or feel discouraged at this moment. Anyways, this is what the Lord showed me. Um, well, anyways, Wednesday night we came in here, and I'm thinking... Uh, okay, man, we're fixing to have a really a, a Holy Ghost time. I mean, we're going to have a Holy Ghost time. Then I thought, you know what, Lord? I need a breakthrough in my life. Where are those breakthrough angels at? They haven't been around here in a while. Where are they? Send those breakthrough angels. I need a breakthrough in my life. So we get in here, and we're worshiping the Lord, and the worship team starts singing this song. Awake, awake, oh sleeper. And I thought, man, that is what the Lord's saying to everybody. 
Not me, of course. Y'all need to wake up now. <laughs> wake up. God saying wake up. Andy had something on waking up. Becky had something on wake up. So here I, I knew it was the Lord speaking to us. Wake up. Y'all getting sleepy. Y'all gotten tired. Y'all got this big pile of doo-doo in here. That's what Becky was saying. <laughs> I was saying all that stuff, but I was thinking, God, somehow I think God might be talking to me about this too, not just everybody else. I think there's something wrong with me. Well, I felt there's something. God wants to tell me something. So I went and laid down on the floor over there, and the Lord started bringing all this stuff up in my heart about relationships with people. All this disappointment that I had, this unmet expectations in people. People who I had these expectations that they, they, this person was going to do that, this person is really a Holy Ghost person, and they ain't no, they don't even care about the Holy Ghost. You know, I mean, I don't know about you, that's sort of heartbreaking to me. You know? It's heartbreaking. And the Lord began to bring all these people up to me, and He was saying to me, every one of them, let them go. Let those people go. Forget them, in a good sense. Not forget them in a bad sense, but just, you can't let your disappointment in them. You just can't let that. You've got to bury that. You've got to bury that. Because all that's doing is wearing you out, and it's making you tired, making you want to go to sleep spiritually. And that's where I had become. I didn't know it. I had realized I had gotten sleepy spiritually. I had gotten weary spiritually. In my heart, I was tired, and I didn't even know it. Okay? Until God revealed it to me, and He showed me it was these disappointments of me trying to cling to these Orpah relationships that just weren't going to happen. To just let them go. And when I let them go, I started feeling really good and refreshed. And, uh, you know, that was a breakthrough for me. Personally, a personal break. It was a major breakthrough in my life. I mean, the first big breakthrough I've had in several months, okay, where I felt God really deal with me, speak to my heart, and do something in me on, on that level. Then the next night, Thursday night, we were watching the revival. Everybody say revival. That's a good word. I love that word. We were watching the revival. Now, Becky's just getting blasted by the revival the whole time it's been on. That's all we watch is the revival. We go home, let's watch the revival. It's 11 o'clock. Let's just watch a few minutes before we go to bed so we can get in bed and be thinking about the Holy Spirit. So she's been getting blasted by it. I haven't really been... I've been enjoying it, but I haven't... Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't know what they were doing. They were singing or something, and something about, you know, just welcome the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, welcome the Holy Spirit. And I felt on the inside of me like a balloon had been blown up inside of me. That's the way it felt. Like my insides got really big, okay? I mean, got really big. That's the way it felt. I felt like I, had, I felt like a giant on the inside. felt normal on the outside, but on the inside I felt so huge. And I realized what had happened. God had given me a second wind. And from that moment, my whole spiritual attitude com- completely changed about everything. I mean, suddenly I'm get- getting back into the joy of the Lord. Suddenly I'm getting back. The prophetic stream, the prophetic downloads were just starting to, just coming again. I mean, just incredible. Okay? Just incredible. Now I wanted to read this. I've got a couple more minutes. Uh, Isaiah 54. This is for people this morning, okay? 
This is for, for people who want, want more than what you got. Okay, it says, shout for... You know what they call this in my Bible? The fertility of Zion. That's, isn't that cool? The fertility of Zion. There's nothing, you know, that's a pretty great thing, you know, uh, for a woman to be fertile if you want to have babies. Now, if you don't want them, that might not be such a hot thing. Okay? <laughs> but if you want babies, fertility is an important situation you want. And this is what the Lord... This is how the Lord sees the church. Uh, uh, shout for joy, O barren one, you have borne no child. Break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud, you who have not travailed. For the sons of the desolate, desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. That's pretty good. And then he says, enlarge the place of your tents. Now that's the Holy Spirit. That's how, how you do it. You get this, the Holy Spirit can expand you. Because how many people, has, somebody ever, has anybody ever been given that word, enlarge the place of your tents? Has anybody ever received that word? I think one time I received it like 50 times in like three months. And I thought, the next person says that to me, I think I'm going to pop them. Because I'm not, I'm not getting into this enlargement thing here. Because I always thought, that's negative, man. That's being stretched. I don't like being stretched. Stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and lengthen your pegs. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your descendants will possess the nations and resettle the desolate cities. That's what the Lord wants to do. Spare not. Spare not. Fear not. Uh-oh. You will not be put to shame. Remember we had a message on shame a few weeks ago about breaking that spirit of shame, that stronghold of shame? Don't feel humiliated, for you will not be disgraced. There's a dis. It has something to do with grace. For you will, but you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood, and you will remember no more. For your husband is your maker, whose name is the Lord of hosts. And your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of the earth. For the Lord has called you like a wife forsaken and grieved in spirit, even like a wife of one's youth when she is rejected, says your Lord. For a brief moment I forsook you, but with great compassion... I will gather you. Now, that's the word of the Lord to the church. The Lord wants the church to expand. And we start expanding by expanding on the inside. Okay? The Holy Spirit will expand you on the inside. Well, you'll get a second wind from the Holy Spirit, and you will be brought back to life again. Okay? And you will have the wind of the Spirit inside of you. It's not something you have to do and generate yourself. What you have to do is you have to make a decision about the Orpahs and about the Stevens in your life. That's what you've got to do. You've got to make a decision. Where is my destiny tied to? And it may be tied to something that don't look so great, but God says it's going to be great. You know what I'm saying to you? God's calling out His church today. And He really wants to expand His church. He wants to expand His people and, and let them and, and, and touch the nations that's what God wants to do. He's got a word He wants to release to the body of Christ into the world. It's not just a matter of being blessed and touched. It's a matter of being blessed and touched and going with that. And having a word to take to people. And that word may be to your neighbor. It may be to the people at work. Or it may be to the people at Lowe's Hardware. Or it may be people across the continent. Wherever God may send you. But you've got to get expanded. You've got to get the wind of God in you again. If you've lost it. And I'll tell you another thing the Lord showed me this week. He, I had this, the Lord woke me up in the night and He said this to me. He said, Port Arkansas. 
Port Arkansas, what the heck is that? Port Arkansas, I never heard of such a thing. Of course, there's no such thing as Port Arkansas in the natural realm. It doesn't exist. However, there's this river called the Arkansas River that has many ports on it. Okay? And Bob Jones and Larry Randolph both are from Arkansas. And they both flow in the prophetic river, have flowed in that prophetic river forever, for however long they have. And God was saying to me, I have given you guys a connection point to that prophetic river where you can tie into that prophetic river. Okay? And I've had several people in here telling me, one person said, I'm getting so much, I can't, I can't take what God's doing right now. There's such a download that's coming. Uh, what we call the information, the spiritual information superhighway that's running, where you can tap into that thing, there's all kinds of information flowing. It's available to us now. And if you study the Arkansas River, the Arkansas River, okay, there's five rivers that combine with the Arkansas River, and then they pour into the Mississippi River. They feed into the Mississippi River. And the Lord told me there's like five rivers, and one of those rivers come out of Canada. It's a Canadian river. It might be Todd Bentley, or it may be Toronto, or both. But those rivers, there's a converging of rivers that are taking place now. You know who's going to be at Todd Bentley's thing tonight? Paul Cain is going to be there. Paul Cain. You know who Paul Cain is? Paul Cain, ten years ago, was one of the greatest prophets in this nation. And he fell. And the Lord's trying to restore him. God is going to bring a convergence of rivers. Okay? The prophetic river, the Holy Ghost River that we have is an is a, is a expression of a river. A healing river. An evangelist river. There's these rivers that are going to come together. That's what feeds the Mississippi River, which is the most powerful river in our nation. And God wants to release that spiritual river into our nation that will absolutely change our change this country, change the church at least. You know that would be a good start, Lord. Get the church on fire. We were singing, Lord, fire fall down. How many people were singing that song? Calling for the fire, fire fall. And Arthur Burke says this, if you want the fire, you can't negotiate with the flames. That's what's wrong with the church. We're calling for the fire, but we want to negotiate. We want it our way. Uh, we want the fire, God, but this is the way we want it to be. And the Lord's saying, I'm not giving the fire to people who want to negotiate with it. I'll give the fire to people who are willing to take the fire the way the fire is and let the fire be what the fire is. You see that? God wants to release the fire in the church. Let me give you one more. Port Arkansas, tap into it. It's available right now. Are you a prophetic person? Stand up. If you've been a prophetic person in the past, just stand up. Uh, you can get ten times as much as you've ever gotten right now. If you really want it, it's by faith. You just plug into it. Lord, I just ask you for every person standing up. They've been prophetic in the past. They probably had some low-level prophetic words. But you want to make them into something greater. I ask you, Lord, to release the prophetic... Let them tap into Port Arkansas. That they would tie into that same river that Bob Jones and Larry Randolph and other prophets in our nation flow in. They see things ahead of time. They know stuff that other people don't know. And God, I ask you for these people who are standing, they would connect into that river today and begin to release that prophetic anointing here and that prophetic flow. Just do it, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. You just ask the Lord to start speaking to you. And I wanted to give you one more scripture, the other thing the Lord showed me. Are y'all good? Yeah. Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4. I had this dream this week. 
And I went into this house, and the house was, was not occupied by anybody. It was an empty house. And I was walking through the house looking. Maybe in about that money I needed. <laughs> I hate to bring that up. I just thought about it. So I was fixing to leave the house, and I looked in the den as I was going out because it had a fireplace, and it looked like a pile of money laying on the floor. So naturally, I was going to go over and check it out, right? You would have done the same thing. Don't tell me you wouldn't have. You would have if you saw a pile of money. You would go check. I walked over and looked down. Picked it up. It was just the flowers that looked like handbills, you know. I thought, man. And then I realized there's somebody looking at me. And I turned and looked, and there was this little girl standing there looking at me. And I thought, should I be afraid? And I thought, no, I shouldn't be afraid. This is an angel of the Lord that's here. And then I looked into this little girl's face, and she had the face of wisdom, of eternity, was staring back looking at me. And I was looking at her, and she was looking at me. That's how the dream ended. And the Lord, when I woke up, the Lord said, By wisdom a house is built. By wisdom a house. And the Lord is saying He wants to release wisdom for us to build this... this uh, for us to build this fireplace because that room had a fireplace in it. This house that God wants to build, God wants to release wisdom to us to do it. And it goes on and says, and by understanding it is established and by knowledge the rooms are filled with precious and pleasant riches. Are y'all getting this? God is, re- is going to give us this wisdom angel that looked like a little girl except her face was wisdom. She had blonde hair. I mean... You know how little girls' hairs look? You know, blonde, kind of mad at You know, they ain't combed real good. And dressed like this little girl out playing in the yard. But she was standing there, and it was the face of wisdom. And God really wants to release wisdom to people. For us to be able to do what God's called us to do in the earth. Now, if you want that wisdom, I want you to stand up. You know, Because God wants to release wisdom. We need wisdom. We, but He's given us an angel of wisdom. I believe he's given it to us. And we can, that's how we're going to build the Father's house, by the way, is we're, the angels are going to, going to show us how to do it. That's how you can go back to Mexico and do what God's... Come over here. Let's pray for him. Come on. We're going to pray for this man. What's your name again? I forgot. Eddie. Y'all remember Eddie? We prayed for him a while back. He's a missionary from Mexico. Here. Somebody. Marlon. What we want to do is bless him. Okay? And we want to see the Lord to heal his foot. What is it, your foot? Toe. The Lord, heal his toe. Right now. But God wants to release this wisdom to you. Are are y'all receiving what I'm saying to you? Are y'all willing to let go of your Orpah? Okay, you ask the Lord, do like I did, if you haven't did this little process yet, Lord, what's my Stephen that I need to bury? Who's my Oprah? I need to get, get this thing right. Who's my Naomi? God, show me Naomi. There's a lot of Naomi's in this room. Amen? And Lord, I just ask you right now for Eddie, that you would release the prophetic river to Eddie, Lord. In Jesus' name. He's here because he's getting his foot fixed, but he's really here because you sent him here. Because you want to send him back out. And we ask you today, in Jesus' name, that he would go to Mexico with the prophetic river. He would take that wisdom angel with him to Mexico. I pray that angel would appear to him in his dreams or, or 
in the natural, however you want to do it, Lord. But I pray you do it in Jesus' name. Give it to him. Give him wisdom. Whisper in his ear. Show him what he's supposed to do. Thank you for Eddie, Lord. Bless him, Lord. Bless him. Heal his toe in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody else in here want prayer this morning? You got something? I just have a word I wanted to... I feel like uh, the Lord did show me was actually a pile of manure in here Wednesday night. It was pretty high. And I do feel like the Lord's wanting to deal with some things in our past. But here's what I felt like the Lord gave me clarity on. That Arthur Bird has always said, let your past failures be the fertilizer. And in parentheses, he says dung for your future successes. Yeah. And what I felt like is the Lord, as we allow these orphans to go because they really are things that will hold us back um that the lord actually as we let them go well there will be seeds that go in the ground that produce life out of that so i really feel that you know the lord's going to use this pile of manure this junk in our lives that actually success will begin to grow as we just allow the lord to take that thing so yeah Anybody suffering with past yeah. issues? We want to pray for you this morning. If you got something from your past, you. you really want the Lord to take that doo-doo and turn it into fertilizer for now. You come out here and we'll pray for you. God wants to touch people right now. Okay, because we ain't got anything else. We got right now. If you want the Lord to touch you, you come out here this morning. We're going to pray for you. Because I got faith to see God touch people and help people. Yeah, we want to release more of the river this morning. More Holy Ghost River. You want more of the river? Yeah, Lord. Second wind, more fire. Yeah, if you need a second wind, you get up here. God will, God will give you a second wind. Come on. And if you want to go home, you can go home too. What you want? I confess my hope will your salvation. Yeah. Wow.